Thank you for joining us for this message from Cornerstone Community Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. Here's Pastor Willie Taylor. Our faith must move our knowledge. Our faith must move our knowledge. We're going to start with a scripture that's in in, uh, the second chapter of James, uh, verse 19. And it says, you believe that God is one, you do well. The demons also believe and shut up. But you are willing to recognize, but are you willing to recognize, oh foolish fellow, that faith without works is useless? So I want to introduce it with that scripture because our faith must move our knowledge from where it is to where God wants it to be. And so it's exciting to me as I uh, go through this uh, book of uh, Peter, the letter, it, it, it encourages me. It really does. And when we went through Philippians, oh, that was, that was marvelous. That was marvelous. I mean, it, I'm still gleaning from that and walking it out. Because once you uh, hear the word of God and it's, it's taught to you and you review it and see whether those things be so, you can start, oh, Okay, let's walk this thing out. And we're supposed to be practicing from Philippians, that last message, uh, which told us that we're not going to be anxious for anything. Remember that message? And we're not going to be careful for anything. We're not going to be anxious for anything, but by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, we're going to let our request be known to God. And then we, once we let it known to God, we're going to leave it there because we're going to trust God and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding. We keep our hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. And then we're going to think on those things that are pure, that are honest, that are good to report. We're going to think on those things. We're not going to think on the negative, negative things. So we're supposed to be practicing those things. Is that correct? We're supposed to be practicing those things. So well, Peter is going to give us some things also uh, to practice, which is really, really good, because the Word of God is meant for us to walk out, not just to hear. Is that correct? So that's what we want to do. We want to hear it, and then we want to walk it out. So we're going to dive right into uh, Peter and let the verses speak for themselves. Verse 1, chapter 1. Simon Peter. And that's interesting because in the first uh, epistle, he didn't say Simon Peter. He just said Peter. And so this is really good because we know that uh, Jesus said, Simon, I'm calling you Peter. So he says, I'm Simon, but I'm Peter, because that's what the Lord Jesus called me, Peter. So he says, Simon Peter, a bondservant and apostle of Jesus Christ. Now, it's very interesting here is that the church is founded on apostles and prophets, the foundation ministries, and we know that Peter walked on water. Peter, was, he, he's pretty tough. He walked on water. And here this apostle who walked with Jesus Christ, he's writing this epistle, this letter to the church, and he's saying that I'm not the first thing is an apostle. That's not the first thing I want you to know me by. I'm just like you. I want you to know me by what I really am. I'm a bond servant, first of all. And that speaks to me of humility. Because if I'm a bond servant, then, and I want to be known by first of all that, then that tells me, it's an, it's a, speaking of analogy between what a doulos is, because a bond servant is a doulos, and a doulos, he's saying, I'm a, I'm a slave of Jesus Christ, but we know he was not involuntarily in servitude. Jesus didn't have slaves, uh, but he's, he's, he's saying an analogy. I am a bond servant. I am a voluntarily. I have I have chosen to serve my Lord and Jesus Christ as a, as a servant. And aren't we all supposed to be servants? We're all supposed to be bond servants. We're all supposed to be be uh, bound to serve one another and serve Jesus Christ because He's the greatest servant of all. And so that's what He says that He is. And also when you think about the humility, uh, we should be known, first of all, as a servant, 
because that's what he's trying to bring the attention to the church is, is that Jesus told the disciples who was thinking about, well, who's the greatest of all? Jesus said the greatest is actually the who? The servant. The greatest is the servant of all, isn't it? That's what he said. Let's look at it in, in, in Luke. Let's go to Luke, uh, I think, 22. Let's go there and see what he, what he says about it. And in Luke 22, verse 24, he said, and, and there arose also a dispute among them as to which one of them was regarded to be the greatest. And he said to them, the kings of the Gentiles lord over, lord over them, and those who have authority over them are called benefactors. But it is not this way with you. So that means with all of us, we're Christians. He says it's not to be that way with you. But it is It is not this way with you, but the one who is the greatest among you must become like the youngest and the leader like the servant. So when Peter says that, first of all, I'm a bond servant. I could could flaunt the title of apostle and tell you how great I am and I walk with Jesus and all those type of things and that you should... uh, Obey anything that I tell you to do, and you should hold me in high esteem. That's not what it's all about. It's about servitude, and I'm a servant, first of all. And yes, I'm an apostle of Jesus Christ, but I'm an apostle of Jesus Christ. He's the one who called me to be what I am. But I am known as a servant. And that's what we want to be known as. We want to be known as a servant. Even if we have um, titles, we still are servants. Is that correct? You can be a doctor, you can be a lawyer, you can be a pastor, you can be an elder, you can be anything you want to be, uh, but you're still a servant. And that's what we all are, we're servants. And that's what I want to be known by, is a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's go back to our scripture in Peter. Now, that, we're speaking of the greetings right now. He, he's all, all he's doing is greetings. In verse 1, then he says, to those who have received a faith of the same kind as ours. So he's again saying that, well, I'm no different than you. You have received the same type of faith as ours, speaking of the apostles. And that's a faith by the righteousness of God the Savior, and Savior Jesus Christ. And so nobody can come to Jesus Christ unless they're drawn. And anybody who's a Christian, it's not because of any law that we are walking out, any word that we are walking out. It's because of what Jesus did, the life he lived, the death he died, he was buried, he rose again, We are righteous only because of his righteousness, not because of our own. So that's why I said that, you know, he's again speaking to them and putting himself on the same level as they are and them at the same level as him. He's saying that to those who have received a faith the same as kind as the apostles, ours, by the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, This is interesting when it says that righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Why did he say that? It's it's, it's very important for us to realize that he's telling them of the deity of Jesus Christ. He said of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Not just our Savior, Jesus Christ, but our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. So if somebody said, well, I don't think Jesus Christ is, he, he, he was a prophet, he was a good man, he's a son of God, but he's not God. Well, we know that there is only one God, but it's in three persons. God the Father, 
God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And so we know that God, our Savior, Jesus Christ, that Jesus is who he said he was and who he said he is. He is fully God, but he's fully also um, Jesus Christ, who is the Son of Man, who is the Son of God. Now let's go to the second verse. It says, grace and peace be added to you. Did you all say that? What did you all say? <coughs> okay, you all said multiply? Mine said multiply too. Isn't that good? That, that he didn't say add it to you. Why would he not say add it to you? Think about it. See, see um, if, if grace is going to be multiplied, we're talking about increasing abundance. We're talking about not just something that's, that added to you. We're saying we're multiplying this thing. I want you to have grace multiplied. I want you to have peace multiplied. And that's usually in benediction. And this is not just a regular, uh, you said, oh, letters, oh, epistles. They just greeted people like that. You know, when we, we, we'll say, hi, how you doing? Haven't seen you in a long time. You know, we just have these little greetings in, that we put in, in letters. We don't put our name first. We don't say, Willa Taylor, a bond servant, of a pastor in the cornerstone. How you doing, Rebecca? Well, I don't write nothing like that. You know, we don't write like that. Well, see, well, they say they were writing like that. Well, this is not just a, a regular greeting. He is not wasting words. By the Holy Spirit, he is trying to tell them something. Let's, let's go to 1 Peter uh, chapter 1, verse 1 and 2, and, and see what, what he was saying there. And, and let me, let's, let's look at it. He says, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who reside as aliens scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, who are chosen... So he's, he's telling them something. You're chosen. According to the foreknowledge of God the Father, by the sanctifying work of the Spirit, to obey Jesus Christ and be sprinkled with his blood, may grace and peace be yours in the fullest measure. Now, is, it, is he wasting words? No, he's not. I mean, he's, 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 telling them, he's telling them something. And when we read this, we say, Oh, my goodness gracious, there's some doctrine in that thing. There's some teaching in that thing. Just like it is here when he says grace and peace be multiplied to you, he's telling us that he wants grace to be abounding in such increasing way that we're going to be full of grace. Do you realize what grace is? Really, do you realize what grace is? You say, well, yes, it's... it's uh, Unmerited favor. Yes, it's unmerited favor. But if that's all grace is, come on. We're talking about God who gives us grace. We are saved by grace, aren't we? Is that such a little thing? No. No, we're saved by grace. So I want grace to be multiplied to me. I want grace to be multiplied to you. So grace is not only unmerited favor, but it's all also unmerited benefits. It's also unmerited enabling. How do you think that you can do the things that you can do, whatever you're doing in this life? It's by the grace of God. You're here today because of the grace of God. Right? All of you who have children, have children by the grace of God. If you're married, you got married, and your marriage is still lasting by the grace of God. Right? And, and if, 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 if you happen to be divorced, and you're going to make it, and you're still you're single, you're single by the grace of God. You know, it, 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 my wife is telling me about a person who their, I think their husband left them or something like that, and, and, and the person 
uh, it so devastated a person that they became mentally ill. So if we're still making it just because something terrible happened that you didn't want to happen, still we're alive today and in our right mind because of the grace of God. You know, when you, when you take a job, when you, when, you, when you apply for a job, uh, you, you want to find out. You don't want to ask them really in the interview, but your thought is, okay, how much am I going to get paid? What are the benefits? Right? And if he, and he start naming, if they start naming all these benefits, you know, you're going to get stuck in the company. You know, uh, every year, whatever we make, we're going to divide it up among you, and we're going we're gonna to give you, you know, at least, if most people, you get at least five to $10,000 every year just because of, uh, of you know, what, what you've been doing for the company. This is part of the benefits that you get here. We're paying all of your health benefits, and we're taking care of the, 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 the education of your children. If you have children, we're going to send them to college. These are benefits that, that nobody else gives, but working for this company, you get these benefits. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, so grace, the grace of God, come with grace of God is, is unmerited benefits also. Isn't it? Yeah, you got benefits. Yeah. And, and I'm able to stand up here and do what I'm doing only because of the grace of God. When, when I was... Um, when I was uh, an elder and, uh, and someone else was pastoring, and I was asked to be, to, to take the pastorship, God did not decide to do it after praying and, and conferring with my family and wife and all that kind of stuff. Well, what happened was that God put, bestowed upon me grace. Grace. You say, well, you already said that. I mean, you did it because of grace. No, no, no. This is a different grace. It's the same grace, not grace to stand up here because I was wondering how am I going to ever, ever have a message every Sunday. I mean, we're talking about what, 52 weeks of the year? Every year. And, and, and not give out the stuff. How am I going to do that? By the grace of God, right? By the grace of God. But this grace he gave me was that I was a, I was a, 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 a taskmaster. I was kind of a, a hard person and not too tolerant of, of, of uh, leaders, Christians, or whoever who didn't seem like they were on fire for God. And, and, and I would look down upon them. He said, you an elder, you did that? Yeah, I mean, I, I, was, I was just, God had to do a work in me. He really did. And he, when he called me to do this, Leadership, lead other. He poof, put grace on me. And that which was in my character disappeared. I'm telling you the truth. It disappeared. I no longer looked at people and wondered why in the world can't they read the Bible every day? What is their problem? No longer did I do that. And it, 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 didn't, it didn't cross my mind because God had given me grace. And so I look at people, I start looking at people as with compassion and understanding that, you know, it's only by, and God showed me this because I asked him, God, what happened to that? What's, why? Why? Did you give me that? He, he said, you, don't, you, you, you were ignorant. You didn't understand that 
you enjoy reading and studying every day only by the grace that I gave you. You, you, you understand what I'm saying? People who love to pray, and they may say, I can't understand why people don't want to pray. They don't want to come to church. I don't understand that. You come only because of the grace that God has bestowed upon you. Who in the world would want to pray for hours and hours every day in their right mind? You know? Those people who God has gifted to do that and graced them to do that. That's the only one. And they are to encourage us because we still have the responsibility to pray, but we don't pray like they pray. People who have the gift of giving, it's a grace. It's a grace. So they love to give because of the grace of God. And so when I found out, oh, I thought I like to read and I like to do devotions. I like to do this stuff because of me, because I just heard a message and I said, I want to do that. And so I pulled myself up by my bootstraps. I don't wear boots, but I, you know, I just, I, I could just do it myself, you know. It's because of me. God showed me. Nothing is because of you except sin. Really? Really? So I said, oh, man. So that's when I personalized my license plate. Because I, I, you know, sometimes you, you want to put in a coach one. You know, you want to put something that you know, you know, you, that, that speaks to what you do and what you like doing. Yeah. Um, and I put his grace, G R A C, because I couldn't get the E up there. His grace. Whatever I know it is, his grace. Because he did such a work in my life. And I understood that I only like to do what I do because of his grace is nothing of me. Absolutely nothing. What I don't do is because I don't have the grace to do it. So I say what Peter is saying, Lord, multiply grace to me. Multiply. Don't just add it to me. Don't just trickle it in. Oh, just heap it on me. Just heap it on me. I need grace, 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 grace. Don't you? Yeah. And we need to be able to tell our children that, you know, and ask, we need to ask God because I need grace for my children. And when I pray for my children, I want God to move. When I pray for you, I want God to move. Right? When I pray for my, my relatives, I want God to move. But he'll, he'll move if he wants to move. His grace. Let me give you um, a scripture that, that's important for you to realize that God has given us, a, which, I, which is going to be in this first chapter also. In 2 Corinthians 9, 6, let's turn there. It's, it's, it's telling us uh, about grace. Because I'm, I'm saying this only because of grace, but it's, 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 I found out, oh, I need more grace. How can I get more grace? I want more grace. Now this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will reap, also reap bountifully. Well, we know that. Each one must do just as he has purposed in his heart, not grudgingly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. So now he's telling us, he gave us a, a principle of his, 
If you sow sparingly, you're going to reap sparingly. If you sow abundantly or bountifully, you're going to reap bountifully. But you have to do it as you have purposed in your heart. You don't want to do it because somebody is trying to pressure you to do it. You don't want to do it because you, 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 you know, you, ah, take it, take it. You don't want to grudgingly give because God loves a cheerful giver. Why does he love a cheerful giver? Because he has given so much, hasn't he? And listen to what it says. And God is able to make, and I saw that, I said, oh, oh, I love it, I love it. All grace, all grace abound to you. All grace. Do you realize what all grace is? I don't. Because God is infinite, doesn't he? Isn't he? He gives grace. He gives favor. He gives benefit. He gives enabling. So it's infinite. He said, I'm able to make all grace abound to you. Why? So that always having all sufficiency in everything, you may have an abundance for every <laughs> excuse me, good deed. Every good deed. So he wants us to be doing good deeds with, with what he keeps back on us. He says he is scattered abroad. He's given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. Now he who supplies seed for the soil. So you, you can't say, hey, I don't have any seed to sow. I don't have any money to give. He said he who su- supplies seed to, to the soil and bread for food. So you have seed and you have food. So you can't say, I'm going to use my seed for my food because God gives both. He says, and increase the harvest of your righteousness. Oh, let me go back. And he says, not only am I going to give you seed for sowing, not only am I going to give you bread for eating, but I'm going to multiply, there's a word again, multiply, your seed sown. I'm going to multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. And you know what it's going to do? You will be enriched in everything. Why? For all liberality. Because God wants you to be a more, a more generous giver. Which through us is producing thanksgiving to God. So when, they were, when, when the church of Corinth was given to the church in Jerusalem, the poor saints in Jerusalem, the poor saints in Jerusalem, oh, thank God, thank God, oh, thank you, Father, thank you, Father, for, for what you have done for us. We, we were in need, and this church gave to us. Thank you, God. He said, for this ministry of this service is not only fully supplying the needs of the saints, but is also overflowing through many thanksgiving to God. Because of the proof given by this ministry, they will glorify God for your obedience to your confession of the gospel of Christ and for the liberality of your contribution to them and to all. While they also, by prayer on your behalf, they're going to start praying for you, yearn for you because of the surpassing, oh, come on, what's that word? Grace of God in you. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. God gives gifts. He gives grace. You can't give without it being a grace of God to give. So when I was stingy, I didn't have grace in that area. No grace. So I didn't give. Much at all. I already set up in my mind what I'm going to give when I go to church. This is all, don't be asking me for nothing. I'm not giving nothing else. That's all it is. I had no clue, no clue what I was missing. 
until I started getting taught from the Word of God and shown through uh, Minerva because she has a gift of giving. So I just saw that, man, you can, you can give and still have. Yeah, that's, not, that's not bad at all. Then I started reading the scripture. I said, man, this is, this is interesting. God's like this. I want to be like God. Let's go back to Peter. How would you like to have all grace abounding to you? Well, that's, a, that's, that's, that's one way of having all grace. Because he said it. And he loves a cheerful giver, doesn't he? Oh, he loves a cheerful giver. Woohoo! Man, I love, I love that. So when I, when, I, when I give, I like to praise over my offering. I like to thank God over it because I know that he loves a cheerful giver. And, and I tell you, we have some givers in here. And I really appreciate that, that the word of God is working. It's working. And, and I love to see it work even more in the summertime because in the summertime, every church just about in the United States suffers. Every ministry suffers. Why? Because people go on what they call what? Vacation. Right? And so when I would miss church, whenever it was, because I didn't miss it often, once I knew, you know, what I was, that Jesus went, went to the synagogue every Sabbath day, I said, okay, I'm going to go to church. But if I did miss because I went out of town, I didn't give the church the zilch because I wasn't there. How should I give them my $5 and I wasn't there? Right? I didn't give them nothing. But see, when I, when I started learning about tithes and offering. And it didn't matter to me whether, man, you can't, you ain't gonna, I don't want this money in my pocket. I want to give it whether I'm out, whether if I, when I go on vacation, you know my money don't go on vacation. It's going to be here one way or the other through snail mail or some kind of mail. It's going to get here. Why? Because I want all grace abounding to me. I want, I, I want to know, I want the people to know that, hey, you can count on me because I take care of my Electric bill when I'm out. I take care of my my mortgage when I'm away out away on vacation, right? Why not? I don't want to come home and they don't foreclose my house, right? So I'm gonna take care of those things. Well, you have to take care of those things for the church too. Okay, but let me tell you, all grace is important. All grace. So I want more grace. I want more grace. I want more grace. Also, peace. Because peace, when we taught on that, when we were teaching, I think, in Philippians, is that God says that peace I leave with you, peace I give with you, not the world gives. Uh, he gives you peace that surpasses all understanding. The God of hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. He gives us his peace. And so he wants peace to be multiplied to you because you're going to get through a circumstance, you're going to get upset about something. You're going to get concerned about something. And that concern can lead to worrying about something. So he says, no, I want, you to, I want peace to be multiplied to you because you have to realize that you have a God that loves you. You have a God that's looking out for you. You have a God that, that has saved your soul. If he gave his only begotten son for you, how much more is he not going to take care of you now that you've given your life to the the son of your life is here with uh, Christ and, 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 and me. So I'm going to look out for you. I don't want you concerned about this anything. So I want peace multiplied to you because the enemy is going to try to get you out of peace. Relationships with people are going to try to get you out of peace. Out of peace. He said, no, I want peace multiplied to you because what, what peace does, it proves to you that you trust God. You trust God. Yeah, but you don't know what he did to me. Who cares what he did to you? Is Christ more than enough to take, got your back? 
He said, vengeance is mine, right? Says the Lord. So he can take care of any situation, can he? Take care of any situation. How is this peace and grace multiplied to you? In the knowledge, come on, in the knowledge of God and of Jesus Christ our Lord. You remember I said that title message was our faith has to move our knowledge. Well, this knowledge is not talking about some intellectual knowledge. This knowledge is experiential knowledge. You have to experience a relationship. When you have a, have a relationship with somebody, you experience things that you wouldn't experience just because you know somebody's name, you've seen them, you see them on Sunday, but you don't know this person. If I ask some of you, hey, do you know A.J.? You say, yeah, I know A.J. Where's A.J. from? I don't know. You know, you know that he's a child of missionaries? No, I didn't know that. What do you know about A.J.? He comes on Sunday. He teaches the youth. That's all I know. You don't know A.J. You don't know A.J.? You know of A.J. Now, do you know God the Father? You know Jesus Christ. Do you really know him? Do you know them? Well, you need to be around them, right? In his presence, you need to learn things about them, and you have to experience things about them. Then when somebody say, uh, well, I know them, they wouldn't do that right there. How do you know what they wouldn't do? Because I know them. You've been around them enough. You've been in enough situations that you know that they wouldn't do that. Right? You know them. It's through the knowledge of it. Let's go to verse 3. We're going we're gonna to do four verses a day. You said, man, how long is it going to take us to go through Peter? A year? <laughs> no. But I want to lay a good foundation because it's important, isn't it? These greetings are not just greetings. This is important. It says, seeing that his divine power has granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness through the knowledge, through the true knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and excellence. Now, that's a mouthful. Now, let's break this down into three parts here. It says, seeing that his divine power has granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness. Life and godliness is the goal of this verse here that he's trying to tell you. Uh, Peter's trying to tell them, I want you to have life and godliness. And that's important. Life and godliness. I say? I said it, okay. <laughs> when I say life and godliness, I mean the life that God desires us to live. I mean, now we, we, know, we, we know we already have eternal life because he's talking to the, to the church here. They have eternal life. So we know it means that. But it also means your life of holiness. Everything that has to do with life and godliness, and godliness, uh, I thought the godliness is, is really uh, holiness. No, godliness is not holiness because god, godliness, if you look it up in the Greek, godliness is, is, is external. It's your piety towards God. It's your uh, religious duty. It's your faithful religious duty that you do to God. That's in there too, though. That's in the Bible. What does God require Christians to do because he requires us to do things, doesn't he? He requires us to love one another. He requires us to do good deeds. He requires us to to, to the way to speak and all those type of things. So he not only does he want us to have a life of holiness, but he wants also us to externally be 
uh, pious saints. He wants to be, he wants our reverence to be outward also because people can see what's going on the outside when sometimes when they don't know what's going on the inside. So he wants both inside and out. We know that we'd rather have inside because it's going to work outside, but Peter said, I want you to have both, life and godliness. Now, how are we going to get this? By his divine power has granted to us everything, 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 pertaining to life and godliness, whether the life is eternal life, whether the life is a life of holiness, whether it's uh, your religious duty, everything God has granted to us by his what? Grace. Okay? But it also says, seeing that by that his divine power has granted us everything pertaining to life and godliness. Then it says the, 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 the means that he's going to get that to us is by the knowledge of him who called us by the knowledge. So without this experiential knowledge, without this knowledge, this intimate relationship, we're not going to really have, to the degree that God wants us to have, this life and godness, even though he has granted it to us. God has granted us many things that we, have, we don't walk in. But he's saying, I want you to walk in it because he's granted it to you. So three things is that his divine power has granted us life and godness through the knowledge of him who called us. Then it says, by his own glory and excellence. We'll, we'll discuss that a little bit later. Uh, you know, remember Moses said, hey, show me your glory. He said, man, hey, I can't show you my glory. I tell you, I let my goodness pass before you. So I'm going to hide you in the, in the cliff of the rock, and then I'll walk by you, and I'll show you my goodness. But my face you can't see. Now, glory. What is glory? So we'll, 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 we'll start there to, uh, with that next week in our review and go right into the next part of it. Verse 4. This is where we'll end up in verse 4. For by these, by these what? By these, by the glory and excellence, by these he has granted to us his precious and magnificent promises. Do you know that one source says there are a minimum, a minimum of 30,000 promises in the Bible. Can you believe that? He says here that by his glory and excellence, he has granted to us, now has granted, he didn't say he will grant it, did he? He has granted it. He said, I have granted you these precious and magnificent promises. so that by them you may become partakers or partners or sharers, that's what the partakers mean, of his divine nature. When you say, I want to be like Christ. I, 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 I want to be like Christ. I want to be transformed. Well, it's not going to come automatic. He said he's already granted us precious, magnificent promises. So by these promises you may be partakers of his divine nature. Suppose I don't believe in promises. I don't want no promises. Don't give me no promises. I just, you don't have to give me anything. I'm going to walk this word out without you giving me anything. Well, he says, I have granted you everything already. But I've also given you precious promises so that you can walk them out. Do you know how they train? Uh, um, you know, when, when, when we used to go to uh, Lancaster, uh, Pennsylvania, to Sight and Sound Theater, we wondered, because they have live animals and they have fake animals. 
and, and the live animals, they, they, they're, so, they're so cool. They'll come down the aisle, and like when, when they, were, they had Noah. And of course, uh, Noah had to take two of everything, right? Except for the, uh, you know, the clean ones here take seven, but the, but the two. They have these two little animals running down the aisle and jump right in the ark. He said, well, how do they do that? Birds will fly to right in there. They had to train them, didn't they? What did they train them with? Treats. Who said treats? Yeah, treats. Because you must have an animal. Treats. Because I was talking to my neighbor yesterday, and she said, well, um, I got a house guest. And, and uh, so here's this dog come out, and it's, it's my next-door neighbor's dog, but the next-door neighbor leaves the dog with her um, when they go out of town. And the dog will come over to her door a lot of times. Don't they? <laughs> and the door's closed now. <laughs> I said, well, what's that dog doing there? And she opened the door, the dog ran in. And, and I said, I'm make, why, why is this dog coming up at your door? He wants a treat. And so these animals are running down there and jumping on the ark because that's, they, they, they say, that's how you're going to get fed. So if you want to get fed, you better run down this aisle and jump in there. Yeah. Well, see, God is saying, I have given you these magnificent and precious promises so that by them you'll be partakers of his divine nature. So it's up to us to find these precious promises so we'll be partakers of his divine nature. Wouldn't that be true? If he's given it to you, he said, okay, here's a promise right here. I just read you a promise from 2 Corinthians, didn't I? What was that promise? That if you, if you give a bundle, you'll reap a bundle, right? He says that I will make all what? Grace abound to you. Is that a promise or what? And a promise is, is God's assurance that this is going to happen. So he's saying, I'm going to multiply all grace towards you. Whatever you need grace for, I'm going to give it to you. Well, the doctor said that, that, that uh, I'm going to have this call forever. Forever. He can't do anything about it. Forever. I'm going to have a a partial collapse long forever. You know how sometimes they tell you that you're going to have to take this medicine forever. Yeah, yeah, right. No, I ain't take this medicine. I'm going I'm to I'm start giving, uh, eating right and taking some herbs. I'm not going to do that. Right? Because sometimes they put you on blood, on, on uh, medication because you have high blood pressure and say so you're going to have to stay on it all your life. But it's not true. If you get your blood pressure down a normal way. Right? So he's saying that, oh, I got all these promises. All these promises in here for you. You, you got so many promises he's giving you. Somebody name me a promise. Any promise in the Bible. Okay, fine. Right. That's how God thinks about it. That's right. He has plans for us to process and, and, and do us good. Somebody else give me another promise. Huh? Okay, okay. Uh, uh, press down, run over, shaking together. God given to your bosom. What's another one? That's a promise. Okay, you can't be plucked from the hand of God. He has you in his hand. Somebody give me another one. I'll be with you always, even to the end. Anybody got it? Y'all know three. We got 30,000. <laughs> See, I believe that we don't concentrate on these promises. And Peter was trying to tell the saints, do you, do you realize that Peter was about to leave that tabernacle of his, his body? He was about ready to go home and be with the Lord when he wrote this letter. So if you know you're going to die, and you, God had already told you, hey, you, you're going to, you're going to die. Set things in order. If you write a letter to somebody that you love, you're going to leave them something that's going to benefit them, aren't you? If you're going to write your children, wouldn't you write something that, now make sure, make sure 
that you don't leave the oven on. You know, you're gonna write something. You know, if you if you 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 know you don't want them to get hurt, you're gonna you're gonna write them some good instructions. He's writing them some instructions, and he is telling them that God has granted you, saints, all these precious and magnificent promises, so that by them you may be partakers of his divine nature. So, study these promises, and you start believing what God has said, because it's going to help you be partakers of his divine nature. Like when you say, give, then it shall be given to you, pressed down, running, shaking over. Why does he want us to know that promise? He is a giver. You remember said, as the Lord Jesus said, that it's more blessed to give than to receive. Right? He's a giver. He wants you to be a partaker of his divine nature, but it's, it, it, it's a promise for every area of our life, for our health, for our well-being. I mean, it's so many promises about our health. There's so many promises about our children. There's so many promises. We don't have to be wringing our hands about our children if he has given us a promise about our children. Right? We don't have to be worried about anything because we have a God that has given us over 30,000 promises for by them we'll be partakers of his divine nature. And it says that having escaped the corruption that's in the world by lust. And we'll start in this area next week. So I tell you, I love, I, 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 I love the Word of God. And that's what we want to do is saturate ourselves with the Word of God so that we will see the glory and the excellence of Jesus Christ in the Word and we'll be more partakers of his divine nature because we're learning something. And see, I learned something uh, when I was studying. I was learning, man, over 30,000 promises? My goodness gracious. And that's the only way I'm going to be partaker of his divine nature? That's one of the ways he's... Super- I'm going to learn some promises. Yeah. Thank you for listening to this message from Pastor Taylor and Cornerstone Community Church. We are located in Lynchburg, Virginia at 525 Old Graves Mill Road. You can find us online at cornerstonelynchburg.com, contact us by email, cornerstonecom at comcast.net, or call us at 434-847-4796. We pray the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace.